We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Veterans Minimum. For those of you that are members of the Patreon, you have heard this episode already. For those of you that want to join the Patreon and get a chance to hear some of these episodes before they are released to the public, patreon.com slash veterans minimum for one American dollar. You can join our Patreon and get all of the exclusive content, all the bonus episodes, any form of episodes, pre-release episodes, the whole nine. So this series, introducing it now, it's called Player Profile. I was joined by my buddy Anthony Beers, went to college together, good friend of mine, loves the New York Giants, we both love Eli Manning, and we figured why not start it off with one of the more polarizing debates in all of sports nowadays, and that is whether or not Eli Manning is or isn't a Hall of Famer. So chime in, let us know what you think about this series. We'll be dropping two of these a month. If you are a member of the Patreon, you'll be getting it early. I believe we put this out between Christmas and New Year. So those of you guys that have heard it, um, you've already chimed in. And let us know. Also, members of the Patreon, make sure you're active in the Patreon to tell us what players you want us to pick to debate. I'm going to try and work my way around getting someone who's familiar with that player and whatnot. So sit back, relax, enjoy this one. We will catch you guys later. of its kind actually this is a new series that i'm starting up it's gonna be calling this player profile it's literally gonna be breaking down the career of said player that you see in the title and this episode for those of you listening it's exclusive to the patreon for the time being give you guys some extra content because you know not for nothing a lot of the a lot of the content right now on Patreon is it's sports betting and it's daily fantasy. And I want to add more. It's 2020 and I want to add another dimension to it, get more people involved. And just getting feedback from patrons telling me how, you know, like give us something different. So this is it. Player profile. We're going to be breaking down players' careers uh, a whole nine. We have a nice rundown and I do have a guest today. Uh, my buddy Anthony Beers, tremendous last name. Let's just get that out the way. Number one, thank you. And uh, number two, we actually know each other. We went to school together. 
We went to CW Post together. Can you believe it's been that was eight years ago? Dude, I know. We last man. went to that school. I had uh, I had my ten year uh, for high school about a month and a half ago, and that was crazy. I was like, oh my god, ten years! It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Anthony and I went to CW Post together. Um, bonded over we the had New York a, Giants, and we had a riveting philosophy class. That it you was, were, you, I was were, you were really on the edge of your seat every class. I remember you really wanted to, you know, become one with your inner self. I recall. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm sensing some sarcasm coming from <laughs> from Ann over there. But yo, uh, Ann, tell the people a little bit about yourself, man. You've you've done podcasts in the past. We we, we kind of spent like an hour, sort of just shooting the shit before we started recording, just because it's been a while. But yo, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Thanks, man. I, you know, obviously we met at LIU. Uh, I, I shortly transferred to Oneonta right after that, so I was only there for like one year. But uh, when I was at Oneonta, I was communications major. We did some sports shows there. Uh, we did TV. We, I was on some radio there. That was a lot of fun. And since then, you know, like you know how it is, just fl- just floated around from. Uh, I was on the station Sports Talk twelve forty for a little while. I, w- I was helping out a friend on his station. Uh, it's called. Uh, it was called Sports on the Go 1 at the time, and now I'm just kind of doing my own thing here and there. I have my own SoundCloud with some friends of mine where we don't even necessarily always just talk sports. We just make it happen, but, but you know, man, I had that itch, so when you when you texted me, I was like, this is this is a godsend because I need I needed to, to, to vent. Right now, I just send emails to all my crazy uncles, and they'll sometimes be, like, way too long, and they'll be like, dude, what are you doing? You go back to work because, you know, you know I'll, I'll sneaky these emails when I'm at the office, so... Uh, it's a little bit about me, you know, obviously, uh, 27 now, you know, getting, getting up there. So, <laughs> so yeah, slow down. I'm, I'm, I'm turning 29 in March. We're, we're, fun. we're young. I'm just we're saying, young I was saying, I was like reminiscing on like, you know, college shows and it's just like, it's, it feels almost funny doing that. Cause it's been, you know, a good amount of time since college, but you know, I got the, got this good job at the office with good people, got my fiance, got my apartment. So Time is valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the one thing I could say more now than I could even say, like, you know, two, three years ago. So life's been good. I was really appreciate you hitting me up, and I'm looking forward to this. And, you know, Eli Manning, I was like, oh, that's a layup. I I, I know. I could argue for Eli Manning in my sleep. So Yeah, yeah. I remember we would always, you know, both of us being Giant fans, we would, uh, we would talk about it. I gave you a hard time. Yeah, yeah, because I was, you know. Um, Before 2011 Super Bowl. That's that's a big part of why you were getting a little uh, yeah, uptight about Yeah, you know, it. and, you know, we're going to tease you guys a little bit. We're going to get to everything. We're going to mm-hmm. get to everything. But, you know, I, I wanted to start it off with Eli because he's a guy who I feel like I know really well. Right. Uh, I've followed his career. I think when I really got into football was probably the 2000, like, two, three season. Shortly after Eli becomes exactly comes on in, so it's like he's the first athlete that I really became attached to. He's a guy who I I saw the start, and I'm seeing the end of his career. He's the last one we can say we grew up watching. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And nowadays, in the era that we live in in sports, it's like you know I joke around as I'm a big NBA fan. It's like you shouldn't buy anyone's jersey anymore because you don't know who's a lifer. There's no more like Steph Curry, I think, is the last of a dying breed where I think he's going to end his career in, in Golden State. Part of me thinks he might end up in Charlotte because like his hometown, yeah. maybe tail end. But you're not going to see those Dirk Nowitzki's, Kobe Bryant's, right? Eli Manning's. Shit, even Peyton went to a different team, you know? Right. No, it's it's really hard to do that. And, you know, truthfully... I think you and I both sense that Eli's just going to walk away into the sunset. We don't even really know if he's going to stay a giant his whole career. I feel that he will, but I, exa- that's that's even more to your point how rare it is. How yeah. rare it is to truly know that this guy is, you know, like a Jeter, just a face from beginning and end of the franchise. Yeah, and, and yeah, Jeter, shit, I didn't even think about that. The guy that did it in New York. But you're a Met fan too, I'm right? a Met fan. There yeah. you go, you feel my pain. Yeah, like, like the Mets, we had David Wright, but like, you know, even like he's – Obviously not the level of Jeter, but, you know, he got a, a great farewell tour, you know, when he came back from injury to play and all that because he was a Met his whole life, and he was proud to be a Met, and that's a rare, rare thing, especially for Mets fans. Right. So it goes without saying that the idea of Eli Manning not being a Hall of Famer is ludicrous. Yeah. He is. Blind resume, if I was to tell you, yo, Ant, yo, uh, Mike, listening to this, you take a guy number one overall, he's going to give you 15 years. 
Not going to miss a start unless the coach is an asshole and benches him from <laughs> Geno Smith. He's going to win you two Super Bowls. He's going to finish top 10 in pretty much every passing category, including right. interceptions, because he wants to set all the records. Right. And he played in a big market. He handled himself well. He There's no sex scandal. There's no... Nothing. There's no... no dirt. Yeah, Zero. Maybe no, the autograph thing, but that was even... No, that was nothing. Yeah. That guy it's brushed under... Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, blind resume, it's like... Yeah, that guy's a Hall of Famer, you know, but there are certain things that people are starting to debate and it's a big hot, hot button discussion right now. So let's just start off with this. Your overall thoughts on just Eli, try to keep it to like less than 30 seconds. Just an astounding gentleman. That's how I have to start. You know, mm. not even I'm not even going to go football related first. Just the way he carried himself, the way he was always team first, the way he was always... Uh, such a, a terrific leader without speaking. Uh, to me, I resonated with that because, you know, when he was drafted, he was I was a middle schooler, not a lot of confidence to see somebody kind of just handle a lot of pressure and handle himself so well. You know, that's Eli. He hit, to summarize, I tried to do it in 30 seconds. He handled himself really well, and he won. Yeah. And that's that's a rare thing. And also, you know, he did it in New York. In New York. Which goes without saying because, you know, you're seeing it now with Odell, right? Odell Beckham leaves the Giants and he goes to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Still a megastar. He has the most social media followers of anyone in the NFL, yeah. right? And he's a star. But in New York, like, a lot of people have made that a one-handed catch before, right? No doubt. But he did that on Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys. Megastar now. LeBron's tweeting about him. He's chilling in Paris with Mbappe, the soccer player, and Neymar and shit. That catapulted him. And not for nothing, it's because you did it in New York. Because I know. Right? I've seen DeAndre Hopkins make ridiculous one-handed catches. And like Houston's a top eight to ten market in New York. Uh, in New York in, in, in the States. Yeah. Um, I've seen I've seen guys in Denver make hella ridiculous catches. Guys in Seattle make wild catches. Um uh, it just it's it's a bigger, more eyes are on you when you're in New York. I still think it's more impressive to win in New York than to win anywhere else. I mean, especially now because less people are willing to take that chance. Mm -hmm. All Everything you said is true. If you do it in New York, it's bigger. You make that Odell catch in New York, it's bigger. It's more important. It's going to be retweeted more. It's arguably what's made him so insanely famous. Obviously, he was a great wide receiver. But you take that play away, is he talked about nearly as much? Maybe not. Um, but a lot of guys are scared of that that spotlight mm. you know we've seen it in basketball especially but it's not necessarily necessary to <laughs> necessarily necessary it's not it's not abundantly important to work in new york to play in new york to be insanely famous and to make a lot of money but i think you still get that slight edge and you, you saw what i sent you today eli's made more money than anybody that's ever played he made a quarter of a billion dollars playing football that's because he played for the new york giants yeah, and because he also won. Yeah. Because no you're not re-upping a when guy you're a franchise like that. quarterback in a market like that, you will get paid, and he has gotten paid better than anyone ever. That's really mind-blowing to think about. How do you feel about how his, like, the draft day stuff with him? I know we're going back a little bit, but, like, do you think that was, you know, he does have the Manning name. He doesn't want to play in the AFC because he doesn't have to go through Peyton Right, and they forced their way out of San Diego. Yeah, I, I, I listen. If I'm a Chargers fan, I'm probably pissed about it. I mean, obviously it worked out. They ended mm. up with Philip Rivers, but it came across as a little uh, privileged, right? You know. But as far as I'm concerned, now that I know Eli, you know, after watching him for all this time, he was just listening to his dad. He was listening to his brother. He didn't, you know, proactively say like, "Hell no, I don't want to be a Charger." He was listening to his family's advice. And how do you blame someone for listening to the family when you know? Your father played and your brother plays. And your other brother probably would have played if you didn't get hurt. Right. It's football royalty. You got to listen to them. One of four quarterbacks taken in the first round of 2004. Uh, do you know who the fourth one was? The fourth one's challenging because, you know, obviously it's Rivers and Roethlisberger are the other two. Um, off the top of my head, I don't. I never would. I have it in front of me, yeah. so I cheated. But uh, J.P. Lossman. Ah, the the Bills. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he never. He kind of fizzled away. You know, obviously he had a couple good years there, but, you know, he's obviously not even close to the level of the other three guys. Right, right. Um, 
Okay, so that class in itself has always been compared to the the eighty three class. Yeah. It was like Marino, Elway, and um another Bill, more successful, Jim Kelly. Right. Right. Which of uh which of the, if you have to compare the two classes, which one do you think uh was better? That's challenging because I think it was harder to play football in the eighties. Um obviously the two thousand four I I'm I'm going to go 2004 just because they have more cumulative numbers. Right, you know, they're, right. They're all, in my opinion, they're all Hall of Famers. All three of them, not all, obviously not Lasman. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But but those three, Roethlisberger, Rivers, and Eli, to me, they're all Hall of Famers because the cumulative stats are there. They're top ten in passing touchdowns, and they've just been the face of their teams since they got drafted. Ben had some injury problems. Rivers did a while ago, but since then, he's even surpassed Eli in consecutive games played. Mm. So I mean those those guys are for real and nothing no no you know nothing against uh you know the eighty three class but you know Elway Kelly Marino those guys were unreal too but I'll just go with my generation probably because I know them a little better to tell you the truth yeah I think it's I think you bring up a good point how obviously the numbers are inflated now because it's yeah. it's just passing. they used to get killed though back then right right and and you know what well, the concussion protocol used to be like follow my finger and then yeah. And then, like, you know, what day of the week is it? Right. And it's, like, always Sunday, and then you go out there and play again. But, so, Eli, a lot of people forget because he – this was an era where a quarterback would sit, right? He would sit a couple games, a couple years. Rodgers, most notably, yeah. went the year after him. Uh, even Brady didn't really start right away kind of thing. And, obviously, he was a, a River sat pick. behind Breeze. Right. And, you know, because nowadays it's, like, if a guy isn't starting week one – as a rookie, what the hell's wrong with him? Yeah. You know, and well, does he pay him too much now? Yeah. Well, actually, if you're drafted early, not like how they used to be though. Remember yeah. Stafford, Bradford, those yeah. guys are making like 50 million guaranteed before they even took a snap. And you're yeah. like, oh, let's slow the fuck down a little bit. It's a little too much. Yeah. But yeah, they are being paid a lot, and obviously, it's still like they're getting paid handsomely when they come into the league. But you know, Eli, the Giants were. I think they were five and uh, five and four, five and three, and then Eli came in. Yeah, I, five and four, I think is correct. Obviously, they had Kurt Warner. Right. It was also a little weird because that was Kurt Warner's first year there, so they got like two new quarterbacks at the same time. And you know, Kurt Warner had won a Super Bowl, but he, everyone knew he wasn't the guy. So, but then you fast forward a couple of years and he goes to Arizona. Yeah. And then it's like that guy was. He still had it. Right. And that guy was a miracle-ass catch by Santonio Holmes away from being a two-time Super Bowl winner right. with two different teams. Right. I remember or being— Or a tackle right. on that interception all the way to the house from yeah, uh, yeah. the Steelers. Man, yeah, yeah. That, that happened right in front of me. James Harrison passed out. You were right. at that one. Yeah, I went, so to, cool. I went to that one. That's so cool. And uh, I just remember it was the far it was the far end zone away from me. So I was at like the five-yard line when Harrison— if you guys rewatch this, and it's like an iconic play— when he crosses the goal line, he just kind of passes out because he just ran for like yeah. 105 Imagine yards. Imagine the adrenaline. <laughs> right. And he's like laying there. And that literally he was laying right in front of me. So the Santonio Holmes play was the, the opposite corner. So yeah. we had no idea that that catch even was made until obviously the replay and shit. But, you know. You know, intro role kind of is the reason Larry Fitzgerald didn't catch Harrison. So Larry, oh, yeah, Fitz, Larry yeah, Fitzgerald the... should catch Harrison in a foot race, right? And yeah, Entrell Roll was on the sidelines, and he was kind of like creeping on the field because he was just yelling, getting animated. He's like, somebody tackle this guy. And he actually bumped into Larry Fitzgerald because Slowed him down. he had I been remember... pushed out of bounds. Mm -hmm. He would have caught him. He would have caught him. And that would have that changed the whole game. Worked out, though. Right. Roll got his ring. Right, right. Yeah, he did, yeah. They were, what, what the... Was it RPG they called them? It was like Roll, Phillips, and Grant. Great secondary. That was a very good secondary. Corey Webster, super underrated. Uh, never was like a top 10 corner, but was always like showed up in big games. I remember he had yeah. that pick against uh, Brett Favre. Never forget. And, uh, we're going to get to that game in a little bit. But <laughs> All right, so cases for the Hall of Fame. I want to start there. Right. I mean, there's two obvious things to say here. One, two-time Super Bowl MVP. Mm. And two... The cumulative stats, the passing yards, the 366 passing touchdowns, and he's seventh all-time, 57,000 passing yards, seventh all-time. Done and done. 
You know, that's what she said. That's that's why you said like he has to be a Hall of Famer for those reasons alone. I have. I'm gonna throw another wrinkle at you. Mm-hmm. Two decades. Mm-hmm. Who's been the one team that's caused mayhem to everyone in the league? Obviously, the Patriots. Two and all against them. Yeah. All in chips on the table. It's crazy to think about. One game against the goat and the goat, a historic sixteen and zero season. Right, they go eighteen and zero. They're a double digit favorite against the Giants. Still don't believe it, really. And I'm getting chills talking about it. And sure, do you want to say the the Tyree catch? That's cool. Fine. Oh, it was a miracle. Yeah. Right. I get that. The defense balled out too. Still the score though. Right after the catch, and, <laughs> he didn't win from the Tyree and, catch. Yeah, and that uh. That drive that he put together, twice, twice mm-hmm. he outbraided Brady, and the second one was just like, okay, they're gonna score, so let him. Like they were, he, they were doing so well that they just let him score. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, and the throw that he makes to Manningham in that second Super Bowl, I think to this day, is there's been, there's two throws that I've seen in my life that mm-hmm. left me speechless. <clears throat> one was that throw, right? Two, Boston College is playing on like a Friday night game. This is when Matt Ryan was the quarterback. This fucking guy rolls out to his left and throws a pass from like his 40-yard line to the back pylon like like on the right-hand side, the right hash mark. Shouldn't, shouldn't and work. And it's like, yo, that's like physically impossible. Yeah. Those are the two best throws I've seen in my life. And I'm sure there's a couple of Aaron Rodgers ones. When he said Boston, I thought you were going to go Doug Flutie for a sec. The Hail nah, Flutie. Nah, nah. So, so yeah, those are like the two throws that really like I was like, that's... There's a forgotten Eli throw. And this is arguably one of his most impressive throws. It's kind of... I mean, I guess like you could always say like it didn't amount to anything because they didn't end up scoring on this drive. But in the the championship game against the 49ers in 2011, I mean, it was just a defensive... Beating the crap out of Eli over and over and over and over. And he was still hanging tough. There's this one play. And I happened to you know, see it again recently and go, you know what? That might have been his best damn throw here obviously it's not better than Manningham but it's up there he was standing there just backpedaling buying time and he knows he's about to get killed by not just Justin Smith but two other 49ers just coming right at him nobody's open nobody and he's just waiting backpedaling waiting waiting and at the last possible millisecond he floated it on like on a wheel route to Ahmad Bradsh he was, had to he aired out to his running back and he hit him in the bucket and then just dead immediately when he got hit it's arguably harder to do when you know you're about to lose your head i i, I kind of i for some reason that one's kind of forgotten i think because they didn't score mm. and it ended up going to overtime that game but that's one of the most impressive throws you'll ever see we're gonna get to that game in a little bit oh yeah because that game is is definitely one to remember but i i think those those like what you mentioned obviously two super bowls i also think um I think durability plays a role, man. I yeah. think the fact oh, that... Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think that needs to... Because I was talking about this with, with some of my buddies and my, my buddy Josh. Shout out to Josh. He hates LeBron James, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, dude, I think a part of his greatness, and it needs to be factored in when you break down his career, is like, the dude has never been injured. Like, last year he got hurt, and it was like a groin injury, but they also milked it because it got to a point like he missed like he missed like four weeks, and then... They were like two and twelve at the time, and they thought yeah. they're like, you know what? Let's just shut it down. You've played eight straight finals, eight straight years. You're playing until the end of June. You're playing in the Olympics. You're playing in FIBA. You're playing Team USA. Like, just rest, shut down. I'm like, yo, I think a part of your greatness is like you look at all these guys, right? Durant has missed time. Yeah. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has missed time in right. bad, bad time, uh, bad moments. Uh, you look at running backs, like. Yeah, this is the best running back in the league. LT. Even Eli's brother. Yeah, it's like I think a big part of his resume and his case for the Hall of Fame is that he is durable and he was there in the most important position in all of sports. You knew every Sunday when you got off the bus like that dude was going to be there. Yeah, and that's as a Giants fan, that's the thing I, I probably respect most about him is he's going to be there. And he's not going to be too high. He's not going to be too low. You know, he's just going to have that that Manning face, man. And that's one of those things that, you know, non-Giants fans always made fun of was, what is he, he looks like he's got nothing going on in his mind. No, man, he's just blacking it all out. Mm. He's tuning out the the people cheering, the people booing, the people intervening. He's just so focused on 
the down and distance, who's open, what his reads are. He doesn't. He never got too lost in a moment, and that to me is perhaps the greatest thing about him is that he he just had this presence. So I'm adding that to the cases for the Hall of Fame, and I also think that's the most underrated part about him. Mm-hmm. The fact is durability, because I think that's yeah. that's very dude. Let's let's just look at in that division too, right? How many quarterbacks has Washington been through? Uh, oh my God! Even the Eagles, yeah. right? Romo. How many times were the Cowboys? You look at the Cowboys and you're like, damn, yo, they're they're seven and two, eight and two, and yeah, they're the one seed or whatever. And then Romo. I, I used to love those those charts they would do where they would do like Eli versus the rest of the NFC. It'd be like fifty different quarterbacks, it, it, and Eli, yeah, who yeah, played yeah. That man, that, time. that's that's the most underrated part about him. Like, and look, he's not he hasn't always had the best offensive lines. No, right? Like after. After the 2012 season, I think that's when it really became an issue. Like in 2008, they had the best offensive line maybe ever, and it was you probably, know yeah. because they had two 2,000 yard rushers: uh, Deal, Seibert, Snee, O'Hara, and McKenzie. Mm. Those guys were beasts. And this is sort of the tale of the two halves of Eli's career: is the first half where he had that offensive line, and the second half, once Snee got injured. Right, everything kind of just became different, and, it's, and Eli and it's, had to try and make things work with lesser talent. Well, lesser talent, I think, on the offensive line. But as his career progressed, he got better skill players. Yeah, and I know he won with Victor Cruz, but like, guys, let's not forget, Hakeem Nix was a beast at one point. Like oh, that yeah. dude was a top ten wide receiver in the league. Oh yeah, he he never had like eighteen hundred yard seasons, but he was a thousand yard receiver and showed up in big games. Right. Uh, he got Mario Manningham paid. Remember, Manningham won the Super Bowl. Then he goes yep. to the Niners. He got a big contract. Victor Cruz got paid because of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that hurt the Giants big time. Yeah. Not, obviously, with the knee, that did not work out. Right, right. And also, like, how many tight ends ended up getting paid because of Kevin Boss, Jake Ballard. Was, yep. They became guys that, like, and look, I don't want to bring fantasy into this, right. but, like, those were guys you were starting in your fantasy league because Eli Manning loved the tight end position. Yep. Who's the guy that came over from Oakland? Myers? Yeah, Brandon Myers. Brandon Myers is, like, a thing, too, you know? So it's like, uh, uh, Martellus they had Bennett. a different tight end every year. Yeah, for a little while. Yeah, dude. What about uh most notable? I think the guy who literally should owe any success that he's had in the league to Eli Manning was Steve Smith. No doubt. Like he that, walked away, did nothing. Yeah, he left the Giants, went to Philly, and he was my favorite Giant. What do you have like thirteen hundred yards with the Giants? Yeah, like he, he was a, he was a I, serious threat. I think to this day he has the most catches in the season for the Giants. Yeah. Yeah, and, I think you're right. And he was a he was a special ass talent, man. And like Plax also, like look, Plax was a really good wide receiver. I think I think the most might be biased, but the most dominating playoff performances by wide receivers that I've seen have both been by obviously the Larry Fitzgerald run is like yeah. it's its own like that's the Plax you're gonna go Plax against Al Harris, man. Plax against Al Harris yeah. in Green Bay and yeah. like minus twenty seven thousand degree weather. I know. And then Victor Cruz, what he did to Carlos Rogers yes. in San Francisco. Ten catches in the first half. Dude, he I'm getting chills thinking about I those. Know. You know? know, so what's what's the most underrated part about Eli Manning for you? His intelligence. Hmm. Everyone thinks he's stupid. I yeah, don't because understand what non Giants fans just make fun of his face or or think that, you know, he's he's Peyton's kid brother. Peyton's obviously much more intense emotionally, and you could always see him. You know, he would chew guys out that you would see. He even publicly insulted his kicker one time. Peyton's a little more hot-headed. Eli never lets any emotions get in the way, but and when you interview him, it's downright boring sometimes. So people kind of assume that that meant that he wasn't a smart guy. And no, you don't have that kind of extended success. So I'll go either his intel- intelligence is my number one. My second is his toughness because you said it yourself, the durability – that's not because he didn't get hurt. That's because he played hurt. You know, this guy played with a separated shoulder mm. in 07. It's it's a miracle he didn't miss time for his ankle after that one. He got hurt in the final game of the regular season against the Redskins right. one year when they didn't make the playoffs in the pouring rain. He needed ankle surgery for that. And he played with that ankle. You can't tell that ankle's 100% by next year. You know, he was playing with that. So tons of little things. I'm sure there's more we don't even know because he never shared it with anybody. That So that, to me, are the two most valuable things about him. Let me throw you an off-speed pitch. What's the most overrated part about Eli? (sighs) Even though you and I love it, the most overrated thing about him is to say, oh, two short world MVPs. And I know that sounds ridiculous, Mm. but that's just the one thing everybody says about him all the time. And obviously, it's an incredible thing to win Super Bowls, but it's not much of a conversation. It's not much of a career 
conversation. I mean, obviously, a lot of times you can be in the right place at the right time. You can win a Super Bowl. Right. And I will never take away Eli's Super Bowl rings from him, so don't get me wrong. But I have to say that one because that's the one thing that, you know, people that don't really know the whole story, oh, two Super Bowl rings, two Super Bowl MVPs. He, he obviously had a great drive in the 07-08 game, but, you know, that was a defensive game. He had a terrific game in 2011, but there's also an entire second half of Eli's career that you could argue the Giants screwed it up, you could argue the coaching screwed up, whatever. You could argue Eli wasn't good enough, whatever. But we're talking about eight or nine years where they didn't make, the, didn't even win a playoff game. So that 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 to me is why it's kind of overrated because it doesn't tell the whole story of Eli's career. Mm. That was only the first half of Eli's career, and and you know to be objective, it was it was a rough second half in terms of wins. You know, you bring up a hell of a point. I didn't really think about saying the two Super Bowls would be an overrated. It's part. kind of a, re- a weird twist on it because obviously it's the best thing about him at the same time. Right. But right, I'm right. just saying like it, the the timing of those two Super Bowl MVPs is kind of the overrated thing because. He never even won a playoff game again after that second one. Well, he's he's only won playoff games in two seasons. Yeah, and he's eight they re- and four career, and they resulted in Super Bowls. And I know producer Mike's in the background right now, and he's probably miserable because he's a Jeff fan, and he would do a lot of inappropriate shit to win a Super Bowl. But it's you know the Giants since two thousand and seventeen. They have the worst record in football. I know, and that includes an zero and sixteen season from Cleveland. How much of it do you you know? I think I personally How much do you think, blame Eli. So here's the thing. Yeah. I think an overrated part about him is that he still is a franchise quarterback cuz I I think that he's been a shot fighter since about midway through the 2015 season. And I think 2016 from a Giants franchise perspective was the worst thing to happen to this franchise because six wins, seven wins, five wins, 11 wins. It's like, yeah, no shit. You you bring in Jenkins you bring in snacks. You bring in Vernon, the three best players. Three on bad defense. contracts, by the way. Sure. Yeah. 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 But also, what I'm getting at is, yeah, I would expect you to win that season because you're playing a fourth place schedule. Mm-hmm. You spent two hundred million dollars guaranteed, and you literally got the best free agent on defense at their position. Yeah. At positions of need. And in fairness to Eli, he played well in that playoff game. He did, yeah. Yeah. His his guys just let him that's down. That's not why they that's not why Eli's not the reason they lost that playoff game. Yeah, what's what's the gift that goes around? It's like uh eight and thirty two or some shit since the boat the oh boat picture in Miami. Now, listen, I'm a big Miami guy. I'm going in a couple weeks. <laughs> uh by the time you just guys listen to this. Don't take the picture, you idiots. Yeah. Have a good time. Don't post a picture. That's all that's one my of, biggest complaint. One of the rare times where Tom Brady kind of broke character. They they asked him about that, and he's like, you know, when I first got into the league, no one knew this, but I would go to Cali. Yeah. Like, when I had off until Wednesday, he's like, I was yeah. going back to Cali. He's like, no one knew because social this media was around. This is just New around. York blowing it up. Yeah. yeah, but it's also like social media, and it's also these guys being morons. Like, why you even got to... And everybody kept kept comparing it to Romo and Jessica Simpson when they went to Mexico with Jason Witten the right. year that they lost the Giants in 07. So all Giants fans remember that. So... It was just an unfair comparison uh, to, to, to do that. Tell me a case why he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Is it is it the one that everyone talks about now? It's his, his record? The only argument he can make is a 500 record. Right. Yeah, he has a 500 career record. And it quite it, it's... If you really want to objectively look at his entire career, it's the perfect record because it's the tale of two halves. Mm. It's the first half of all the success. You know, a, a terrific head coach... Terrific talent around him, offensive line that could run the football, smash mouth defense. You know, you name the play that we we can name the players all day. And then it's or uh, two different head coaches, like you said, the worst record in the past three years in the NFL. Bad draft after bad draft, uh, forcing Coughlin to resign but keeping Reese the extra year, so Reese gives everybody those bad contracts, makes and then puts everyone in a bad spot the year after, firing McAdoo mid year. Bringing in a guy named Pat Shermer, which I still don't understand why he was the guy they brought in. It just doesn't. It, it it didn't make any sense. So, objectively, obviously, we know there's a lot of reasons as to why a team is bad. It's not just a quarterback. Everybody wants to talk about quarterbacks, though. So, you look at the Hall of Fame. A lot of Hall of Famers don't have bad years. You know, a lot of guys are at the top of the league don't have bad years. So that's the one thing you could say about Eli Manning is he was never at the Aaron Rodgers level. 
He was never at the Tom Brady level. He was never at the Mahomes, you know, Mahomes right now level or Lamar yeah. Jackson right now level. He was not one of those guys who were like, whoa, this guy is the best. Even in 2011 when he had an unbelievable year, Rodgers had a better year. Yeah. But Eli just got the last laugh. It That, that I think, is spot on. And that's what I was going to say. How He was never a top five guy at his position. Right. And it was always like... He never had to be, though, for most of his career. Right, right. Because they did have the good offensive line. They had the strong right. defense. They they created a term. The NASCAR package right. was like something that they created. It's like, yo, I'm going to just rotate seven right. pass rushers, all third downs. And it's like... And don't get me wrong. You say the same thing about Rivers and Roethlisberger. They were never number one. Right. Rivers had a... you know a, Two years ago, he had a really good year, but he was not number one. I mean, he was in the MVP discussion, mm. but he didn't win it. And Roethlisberger, yeah, he's had some very good years, some, uh, some unfathomable wins, but... All three of those guys were just very consistent, above average, but never that level of like superstardom. He's led the NFL in interceptions. That too. Turnovers. Three times. Yep. Uh, 2013, he had a minus nine INT to TD ratio. 18, inter- 18 touchdowns. 2013 to was his worst year. But look at 2014 and 2015. Those are arguably his best years. And the Giants didn't win in any of those years. 2013, you're looking at seven to nine. Mm-hmm. I think you're looking at six and ten, 2014, six and ten, 2015, back yeah. to back. Eli's numbers with McAdoo's offensive coordinators were superb. Yeah. He arguably had his best years there, but the team didn't win. So it's it, it Eli's never been the guy that can make the team amazing. He has to have a good team. And that's true for most quarterbacks. I, hell, I think it's true for Tom Brady. Mm. But he just happens to be in the best system ever imaginable for a quarterback the other case against them is he's won his division three times yeah in 15 years as a starter 2005 they won 2006 they were the wild but like the funny thing is they made the playoffs every year so it was like 2005 they won the division 2006 wild card where Eli played well against the Eagles tied the game but they ended up losing in the overtime. The field goal. 2007, wild, wild card. card. 2008, unbelievable team. Plaxico oh. first doesn't shoot himself. They win again. I know okay. they would. I, I wanna, know they would. Yes, yes, yes. I know they would. That, I want to I wanna make the case for him because I know it's a what-if scenario. But I've never been more confident. Granted, I'm a Ranger fan. I like the Mets and I like the Knicks. Spoiler, not much hope and upside. But I was never more confident that my team was going to win a championship that year. They were remember, so good. They were 11-1. and one. They had beaten Arizona in Arizona, mm-hmm. and they beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Yep. Fast forward, that was the Super Bowl that year. Yep. Right, which we talked about a little bit earlier. So, I yeah, if he doesn't, if if Plaxico doesn't shoot himself, you could also blame Plaxico. the coaching because yeah, Plaxico shoots himself, and they didn't change the plan. They were they were a run heavy team, but you still had to respect Plax and Amani Toomer. All of a sudden, you take Plax out of there, you're putting eight or nine in the box. And you're zoning in on the running backs, Jacobson, Ward, and Bradshaw. Mm. So that playoff game, you know, they managed to win, to clinch the second seed against Carolina that year where they had those three run- that terrific running backs. Carolina had the exact same game plan with right, D'Angelo right, Williams. Right. That was one of the best games I ever went to. But then, you know, the game plan against the Eagles was too obvious. They tried to run the football. Eagles got hot, shut them down, and the Eagles caught fire that year. They were the team you did not want to play. And the Giants had to play them at home, which is like, of course— what the Philly fans live for. So, yeah, that was a tough one, but it was just infuriating how they didn't change anything, didn't try anything. You mentioned 2013 where Eli's year is terrible. They started 0-6, mm. but they finished 7-9 and because they said, all right, throw out this spread offense. Let's call Peyton Hills, call Brandon Jacobs. Let's bring these power guys in there and just keep it run heavy. That's what they did. That was very good coaching, even though they only went 7-9. and So there's always so much more to a season than people remember. He's been sacked. <clears throat> he's been sacked four hundred and eleven times. That's a lot of hits. Um, that's the most since he's entered the league of any quarterback. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Eli's been sacked more than any other quarterback. Yeah, since he's came into. Well, look, it's also you got to look at the ratio because he's had so many snaps and games. Yeah, that yeah. too. Like. Just the number sacks, yeah. it's him. But like, like, wasn't it Derek Carr when he came into the league? He died in like the first two years. Yeah, yeah. Like, not Derek Carr, David Carr. David Carr. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. yeah. But like, even Deshaun Watson got sacked like fifty-five times. His, yeah. Is the I think it was even last year. Like Andrew yeah. Luck too. But it's like, yeah, you're right. The ratio is different, and also like you might be factoring in some guys were were maybe seven or eight years in the league. But yeah, over time, this is just a longevity thing. Yeah. But man. 
All right. It's been a lot of ups and downs with Eli. What's what's his best what's his best moment? You you can't say the Manningham pass isn't his best moment. You have any truly objective Eli Manning fan. Why do you play football? To win a Super Bowl. And that was the best pass in the Super Bowl that some people have ever seen. Mm. And the best part about that pass is it was moments after, and you saw this on the recording later after Super Bowl, Phil Belichick is on the sidelines. The best coach in football is on the sidelines saying, yo, it's, Knicks it's a- and Cruz are the guys. Stick with them. I don't think they can beat us with Manningham or Bear Pasco. Is yeah. essentially what he said. The next, it's literally the next play. And it's you still see a it. Cruz if you look at, if you look at Eli's eyes, he glances to the Nixon Cruz side. It's covered, and he just instantly is like, like the snap of a finger. He's like, I got aired out to Manningham immediately. He threw the most beautiful pass. It's almost like he didn't even look. He had faith that he was going to be there, and the throw was perfect. Manningham, yeah, made the catch, but it was one of those like, you better catch this because it was a perfect pass, and he got his. He had to get his feet in. That was the only challenging yeah, part. I have a. There's a very aggressive story, but I was at that Super Bowl, and <clears throat> I was 20. I don't How think many I was, Super Bowls have you been to? I've been to 10. That's incredible. I've been to 10 Super Bowls. Uh, I'm at this Super Bowl, and I'm sitting with my mom because she's a big Madonna fan. Okay. She was doing the halftime show. Right. So I I'm like... I like Petty a little bit better, but that's all good. I'm like 15 beers in before kickoff. <laughs> I am I'm really drunk. Oh my god! Um, and there's a couple of guys behind me from Queens because I heard them over talking. I overheard them talking to someone. They're like, "Oh, you know, I'm from Indianapolis. Where are you guys from?" They're like, "Oh, I'm from Jamaica, Queens." I was like, "Yo, my grandma lives in Jamaica, Springfield Boulevard." Was like, "Yo, I went to whatever." There so you go. We started vibing with them. When Eli Manning, first of all, that game starts off with a safety. Yeah. I'm the only one in my section. Grounding. That, yeah, the grounding. grounding. I'm the only one in my <laughs> section saying that's a, that's a safety. I'm doing my hands over. Yeah. I'm like, there's no one over there. No and then one. they review it. And then I, like, I got like a round of applause from like five or six people. <laughs> I was super hyped. But the Manningham play. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did they did they rule it a catch? or did they, had, they looked at it. I think they ruled it a catch, but they immediately reviewed it. They reviewed. I remember yeah. the review because I remember just going, Oh, that's a catch. I stood up and I did the signal. I was like, catch first, catch first. It was in my dorm. And then that's exactly what the ref did. But then they looked at it for like maybe like 10 minutes. Yeah, they looked at it for a while. And then when it got got ruled to catch, I just yelled, oh, suck my dick. (laughs) This is really loud. And mind you, my mother is right next to me. Oh, my God. I was like, Ma, I'm sorry. She's like, go go ahead, baby. Let loose. Go crazy. If there's uh, ever a time to go crazy, that's the time. I was like, yo, you can't hold this against. If I say anything inappropriate or wild when the Giants are on, you you can't. It it gotta like, you know, I get a pass. I get a hall pass on that. Totally get it. I think his best moment, I'm also gonna factor in his best game performance. For me, my favorite game of Eli Manning, NFC title game against the 49ers. That's I have to agree. He threw the ball. 58 times. 58 times. I was looking at that before I came on the show. You would 58 say, times. You would say, yo, probably lost. Right? You throw a ball that many times, right. you're going to lose. Right. What about this? Got sacked six times. Mm-hmm. The hits? It's oh. probably like 23 hits or Just something absurd. Listen, listen to the hits here. Two, two, four, two, six, one, 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 three, four, six, four. Those are QB hits by the Niners defense. Player oh my reference. God. Uh, uh, pro football reference. I'll never forget the visual. He gets sacked and like his chin strap is like half I know. under his nose across his face. And he's like doing timeout. the timeout thing. And he looks like such an asshole on the ground. It's like, yo, he won. Like he won me over there. And I know it's crazy to say because, you know, he had just won a Super Bowl a couple years before that. Right. But he's like a god now. But it was like, yo, that dude, no matter what happens, man, like. You're a tough SOB. He went from hero to legend. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And I think that that game, I completely agree, was the most impressive thing. What's arguably even more impressive is before the game. This is a quote from Eli Manning before this game. He said, and also the forecast was monsoon of rain. Mm -hmm. So not exactly offensive happy conditions. He said, there's going to be a lot of hard hits in this game. This is going to be a defensive struggle. And he's like, punts are perfectly fine. We're going to punt the ball a lot. Steve Weatherford had a ton of punts in that game. And he said, as long as we don't turn the ball over. 58 passes, 
zero interceptions. Mm. Don't get me wrong. There were balls where it's like, oh, that could, yeah, nearly yeah, was intercepted. Yeah. He he walked away with zero. Mm. That is an incredible accomplishment to be able to do that in that sort of atmosphere. And then to, to have basically predicted the game, they won the game on a punt. They right. punted, the, the, the guy Williams. fumbled it, yeah. That that was so impressive to me. That it was such an awareness of the situation and of the game. And Harbaugh, he was an aggressive sob. They they went after him. There were a lot of hits in that game that would be penalties to that. Even two three years later would be penalties because mm-hmm. they were they they really let him go back then, especially in the playoffs. But then they, they, when they implemented that rule, it's like you can't put your body on him. Half of these hits might have been flags. Yeah. Also, <clears throat> big big Victor Cruz game like we mentioned. Yep. Ten for one forty two, and I think. Was it eight or nine of them came in the first half? If not all of them. Like, right. I just remember the Giants really, you know, I remember Vernon Davis scored, like, on a super long touchdown. Yep. Um, and the Giants really couldn't get anything going outside of Victor Cruz. They had nothing except Cruz. Like, Victor Cruz was the only guy that can... Uh, and then, the, But the funny thing is, in the second half, Cruz, did not, Cruz had one catch in the second half. Yeah, they took him away in the second half. Right. So that's why there was no offense. Because you had a defense that, you know... Took away Hakeem Nicks, took away the Giants running backs, and and just couldn't cover Victor Cruz. And then it was strictly double teaming Cruz. And after that, it was it was literally like, let's just survive. The Manningham touchdown in that game was a little bit of a prayer. It was a great ball, but it was, it was, it was also a like on the a top. third and like yeah. 13. 14. Nobody thought they were gonna go to the end zone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, to me, I, I think that's his that's his best performance. And and look, his numbers weren't like I mean, look, he, he threw 316 yards. Shout out to Stone Cold. But he threw two touchdowns. Like, But he also threw the ball 58 times. Unbelievable. Which was the crazy. I, I think that's his best performance. They, I game. remember early in the game, they tried to run it on fourth down with Jacobs. Guy did nothing. They tried to run that it with Bradshaw. A, Bradshaw put the ball on the ground. They were scared to run the ball. That was a Niners team that was really good. Yeah. Bowman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willis, the Smith brothers, they weren't brothers, but right. it was like Justin Smith, Alden Smith. The secondary was yeah. Whitner. And Alex Smith played, was playing really well yeah. at quarterback. It was before Kaepernick. Yo, and uh, another another cool story. I remember watching the Niners play the Saints. Remember Vernon Dan- Davis scores a game-winning yeah. touchdown and he breaks down on the sideline? Yep. The Niners beat the Saints. Remember what happened when the Giants played the Saints that year? It's like Monday Night Football. They got pummeled in New Orleans. Yes. And it was like, oh, my God. Please, San Francisco. I know you're the one seed. It was a better matchup for can you play. Can you yeah, you're right. please upset them? And, dude, sorry, Green Bay was the one seed because they were 15-1. and one. Yep, so we had already beaten them. So I remember telling my friends, man, I'm getting chills again. Uh, I was like, yo, if the Niners beat the Saints – we beat Green Bay. I was like, we're going to the Super Bowl. They're like, yeah, but San Francisco. I'm like, dude, we're beating San Francisco. If we don't got to go to New Orleans, yeah. I was like, we're going to the bowl. And that's exactly what happened. Obviously, it wasn't like it took some years off my life watching that oh, game. What, but, oh, my God. No doubt. And those Patriot fans, I mean, what do they think? They just go, oh, shit. Yeah. We're playing the Giants again. You know what I mean? Like, they're not thinking, oh, great. We get our second shot at them. No, they're, cause they're scared. Yeah. 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 What's, uh, what's your... Did did you say your favorite moment of his? My favorite moment is the Manningham catch. Manningham just because yeah, I right, felt right, like right. it has to be. It has right. to be. Uh, all right, let me ask you this one. Eli Manning, his playoff record, obviously, mm-hmm. we know about it. Um, his playoff run, though, in 2011. Yeah. I think that's heroic stuff. Probably. The fourth quarter comeback. I think they won nine games that year. I think six of them were fourth quarter comebacks from Eli. Right. But I also think just Eli Manning, that postseason run, nine touchdowns, one interception, yep. 103 QB rating. Yep. Um, was also sacked 11 times, but he threw 1,200 yards in the playoffs, 65% completion, which, you know, his his career average is only 60%. It's is like that the best run ever by a quarterback in the playoffs? Man, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but like Flacco had a really good run. He too. did. No, 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 like no. That. Flacco's a good comparison. Yeah, yeah. And man, those two is an interesting debate for career. Like, because it's rare when wild card teams make it. So the reason, you know, it's it's rare when you play four games that you get to go to the Super Bowl because a lot of times you clinch the first round by. Yeah. So Eli's got better stats than you know probably Brady that year because Brady only played three games. But also, I don't th- I can't think of any time. 
that another quarterback, like you said, other than maybe Flacco, had that sort of accumulative stats, like a crazy run. When Pittsburgh made it as a wild card, Ben Roethlisberger was very young. He was not putting up the numbers. Yeah, and they were really, that was like Jerome Bettis and the defense, mm-hmm. Joey Porter, mm-hmm. uh, Foot, Larry Foot was on the team too. So what do you, uh, I want to wrap up with this. How would you grade his supporting cast overall? Like weapons, um, I, I think I think head coach, head coach quarterback, it's an A for me. Like that was the perfect guy for Eli Manning. Yeah, uh, he was able to groom him, and I, I felt like Eli should have left when Coughlin left too. And I know Eli still played a couple of years after. Yeah, but it was just one of those pairings where it's like, man, Coughlin, you should have just like retired and went into the sunset kind of thing, because you know all the shit that's happened with Jacksonville where he was finding players, and you know he really ran like a lot of his guys out of town, like. Ramsey's I just don't understand there. why Jacksonville hired a guy to be a hard ass and they fire him for being a hard ass. Like I, I don't, I don't understand that. But you know, it's also this generation of players too, where it's like a lot softer. And and Coughlin is a guy who's like super by the book. If you're early, if if you're on time, you're late, kind yeah. of thing. You know? Yeah, I get it. So it, it does make sense. But how would you how would you sum up his supporting cast? Just give me give me a grade, and I want you to calculate all fifteen years. Like what, I know it's going to be hard because. You also said how I'm gonna go. I, I gotta go C plus then if you go all 15 years. Because it's an A the first half and it's probably a D the second half. Don't get me wrong, yet Odell Beckham Jr. But the amount the amount of problems they had. Let's look at it from 2013 2019. They drafted Odell in 2014. Obviously, he was a star, but even he was somewhat problematic, you know, for the team uh, off the field, really. But the offensive line was bad. The defense had maybe one good year in that time. Uh, if the defense was good, the offense was bad. Was the offense was good? Was defense was bad? They fired. Ca- they they say he resigned, but they fired him. They fired Tom Coughlin in 2015, and then he had inexperienced head coaches. Where, you know, maybe another quarterback would have been like Ben. This is the play, or or Pat. This is the play. Eli's never been that guy. He, he never stepped on anyone's toes. He never insulted anybody as, as a head coach. He never even insulted Ben McAdoo when the man benched him for literally no reason. Yeah. Other than him trying to save his job. And and I don't and, and anything anybody any anything had on Ben McAdoo was just, I'm gonna go look at the tape. Like they had no he didn't have a pulse of a personality. So if you factor in the fact that there's no personality for anyone to like and you just benched a star, they had to get rid of him. So it was just it was just such a mess for so long. I, I have to say, and oh, obviously Odell was hurt that year. So I have to say C+, because the, the Giants screwed the pooch with Eli Manning. It might be because they paid him a lot of money, and they didn't know how to handle the salary cap with a franchise quarterback making that much money. But it's, I'll say it, I said before, I'll say it again. It's a tale of two halves of his career, and that's why he's 500. <clears throat> Not all his fault. I think C+, is very, very appropriate. Um, also, what about this, man? How many how many first round picks are you gonna whiff on or not resign? Oh my god, flowers. I mean, look, let's let's go back to let's go back to two thousand and eight, right? Mm-hmm. Kenny Phillips. Sure, he won a Super Bowl. Not a, a first big... round val- validation. No, and he was he was out the league after what, five years? Yeah. Like he got hurt, then he went to Philly for a little bit. Yeah. And then Hakeem Nix held out, never was the same. Right. Pierre... Worth the pick though. Yeah, yeah. Pierre Paul too, like Yeah. The the underrated, underappreciated star of that 2011 team was him. Right. Like, he had, what, 15, 16 sacks. He blocked that field goal in Dallas. Just caused mayhem. But he never played at that level again. No. The, he, he hit his ceiling right away. And yeah. then when you're watching that as a Giants fan, you're like, this guy's going to be the next OC, Yo, the next this tuck. is what J.J. Watt is now. Like, yeah. we're going to have that. We're going to have a defensive Aaron Donald kind of thing. And it's like, nah, he hit his ceiling year two. You got a Super Bowl out of him. But, like... You know, he was off the Giants in seven years, right? Prince of Mukamara goes to Chicago, and, like, he's been pretty good with Chicago, you know? But he was a first-round pick no. who out, out David Wilson. Unfortunately, Just unfortunate. That guy, yeah, that's very fair. Yeah. Justin Pugh, you don't re-sign him. He's out. No, he was pretty average guard, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, Odell, Eric Flowers, Eli Apple. Evan the the only one you hit on talent was Odell, and he didn't even stay. Yeah, and that trade, I, I think most Giants fans like that trade. And now, you know, especially looking at him now. So don't. I, my theory on Jerry Reese is this: fine GM, you know, never had to deal with the problem of drafting a quarterback because he took over from Ernie Corsi, who yep. had, who had gotten Eli, had some great drafts, 
built on rosters from a Corsi, but then in 2011, you have the CBA. And then when you have the CBA, it completely changes the structure of the salary cap. And if you look at the draft, like you just, you just hit, hit it on the head. The drafts after that sucked for years. And they got rid of Coughlin, and they still kept Jerry Reese. And what is a GM going to do when Coughlin's gone? He's going to overspend mm-hmm. because he knows he's on the hot seat. He was basically told to. I'm nervous the Giants are going to do that again this year because they have a lot of money to spend, and if they decide to part ways, they're either going to keep Gettleman and he's going to overspend to save his job, or they're going to bring in a new guy who's going to try and make a name for himself and, and spend all this money because right now all these contracts are coming off the books. They have money, man. Yeah, they have like close to, especially with getting rid of Jenkins too, how they did. Mm-hmm. They're going to have close to $80 million. They have the most cap space in the league. Eli's off the books. That's yeah. a big part of it. This may... I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think Gettleman has done enough to get fired. Gettleman has not put the team that he wanted on the field yet. He uh-huh. hasn't. But he's if such Leonard a Williams, sometimes. If Leonard Williams gets paid north of $10 million, that's a fireable offense. That trade was bad, man. I was, uh, that, but, I was, he, but you know he did that trade with the sole intent of going after somebody like Jadavian Clowney and knowing that Leonard Williams is now your second best pass rusher. Yeah, but why do you make that trade? It makes no sense because you could have just bought him. But when you're two and six, what are they, two and five? Like, why are you making that trade? Me, when the Giants are one and five, I'm like, all right, who are we getting in the top ten? Yeah, I mean, I... I, Why are you going to go five and 11 and have the 12th pick or or, or, or ninth pick? Like, it doesn't... At that point... I I disagree with you there. I really do. Obviously, yeah, we were looking at Chase Young. Now we're not going to get him unless we trade up. Um, but, But with... You know the morale of the team. Like you have good players. Like Saquon Barkley doesn't. He he needs to win games. He needs right. to have that feeling. Right. And he dominated this week. And it was like the first game. We're like, oh, he's fine. Good. Mm. You know what I mean? We don't have to worry about that all year now. If you just shut him down, which a lot of people were saying, not only to lose games but to keep him healthy. I was in that. It's camp. a question mark for the whole off season. Right. Is Saquon Barkley the Saquon Barkley we saw his rookie year? Now it's not. So I think it's important for the morale of the team, the psyche of the team. Jones, his confidence. You want the guy to go, you know, two and ten? No, you, I, I think it's important to win games. I really do. That's fair. That's a very fair point. We'll end with that. Eli Manning Hall of Famer, though. Eli Manning Hall of Famer, and I have no idea who the Giants GM should be. I didn't even put a name. Maybe Tom Collins will be the president of the team. Maybe he can patch things up with uh, John Mara and just, you know, just sort of oversee things. Maybe it's a bad idea. It's probably a bad idea, but I kind of wanted to think about it. Nah, I don't. I don't think he could ever bring a guy who was like, you know. Same role we have at Jacksonville, president. Just, you know, just, nah, just make these guys more accountable. But like he was the head coach at one point. Like I don't, I don't think that fits. You know, like that's fair. You can never have a head coach then become a coordinator. Yeah, you know, like with the same organization. Well, at least I, I don't. Think. I'm, I'm not talking about making him a coordinator. I'm talking about making him president. No, that's kind of a kind of an upgrade from head coach. It is. It is. But I also think, I don't know. Maybe he would get that vibe of being a head coach again. It's just, it's just weird. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that to happen. Plus, yeah. also, like, I think of it like when 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 players go back, like, you see it a lot in soccer, where, like, a guy, like, I'm a big Arsenal fan. They just hired some dude to be the manager for them mm. who was a former player. And it's like, yo, he was an okay player. But it's like, you're going to sour that relationship between the fans if you're a shitty coach, right? Like, a lot of people want Patrick Ewing to coach the Knicks. And it's like, yo, he's a legend. Yeah. When he comes to the garden. Like, you don't want that guy to become the Knicks head coach and go, 25 and 125 and then it's like oh man fuck that guy that's fair so just keep coughing away first ballot hall of famer whenever that time comes carly has to be the head coach that's the only thing i feel strongly about gm yeah gettleman you kind of you kind of were your antics kind of were annoying i don't think he was a bad drafter though i just hated his obsession with d tackles that was the only thing that bothered me Mm. yeah even his time back in carolina he drafted a lot of d tackles but it's easily the most replaceable position that you could have in the yeah. NFL. For some and, reason, he loves it. And we could also spend another three hours talking about you're the right. Giants. So let's you're wrap right. this up. My bad, dude. Yeah, you're good, brother. Uh, Ant, tell them where they can find you. What's your social medias? So right now, I'm a, I've got a really creative Twitter handle. My name is Anthony Beers. My Twitter handle is at Anthony Beers. Uh, I put some podcasts on my SoundCloud that I retweet there. All the links are there. So yeah, I think the best bet would just be go to Twitter for now. Take it there. It'll be I'm it'll retweet be the, the hell out of this once it's out there. It'll be the bio for the. His information, his contact stuff will be on there uh, in the description of the episode. Uh, for you patrons that heard this, I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Give us some feedback. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. 
For those of you listening to it on the public feed, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, we're everywhere. Just search Veterans Minimum. Uh, this is the kind of content that's going to be on the Patreon page, guys. Player profiles are just going to be breaking down players. And, yeah, maybe even get some of you guys involved if you guys feel super passionate about a particular player. As far as I go, it's at The Lamb Show on all social media outlets. Shout out to Blue Wire, and we will catch you guys next time. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash Keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.